Welcome to Can I Offer You Some Feedback? My name is Sara, and this is the podcast for those who have a complicated relationship with feedback and are looking to hear from real people across levels and industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. Before we dive in, I'd like to introduce our guest for the podcast today, Amanda. She's an executive director of an LGBT Chamber of Commerce. I'd like to welcome you to the conversation today. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thanks so much. Well, let's kick things off with the main question of the podcast. When I say the phrase, can I offer you some feedback? What's your gut reaction when you hear that? Aside from the fact of when I'm like, oh, Sarah has a new podcast episode that just dropped. Aside from that, it's like that stomach drop kind of like pit in your stomach, like, uh uh-oh. Even though I am very open to feedback and, you know, I'm not getting ahead of myself swimming in that water often, it still elicits that kind of physical response for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like the moment you said kind of like a gut drop, I was imagining like the Tower of Terror or like the the mansion of like where the seats all drop. But it does feel like that in the stomach sometimes, especially, you know, when you get the question. When you're thinking about feedback, then do you prefer to be the giver or the receiver of feedback? Yeah, I think that it matters bit by bit or like in context. I think, of course, it's probably, I think it's easier to be the provider of feedback. And I find that I do that a lot in my various roles of my life. And, you know, also just thinking about why it feels like the bottom drops out from under you is because you're going into an unknown. Every single time you're receiving or giving, you're going into an unknown, very vulnerable place with yourself and with another person or people. Because sometimes it's, you know, we get that feedback in a group setting, you know. Yeah. And I really appreciate that you've touched on the not knowing. Most people, when there's uncertainty, have some level of anxiety of not knowing, you know, how the situation's going to play out, how things are going to appear. And I'm curious, you mentioned you kind of spend a little bit more space in the giver position. How do you open the conversation when you're getting ready or hoping to give someone feedback? Yeah. So one thing that I try to do, and it's really shaped from bad experiences of receiving feedback is prep, right? Giving somebody a heads up as much as you can that you need to debrief about an event, an instance, you need to unpack something. I think that's really, really important. I think creating time and space that works for both people. And it's not just space in a schedule, like having enough time while you're together, but for myself and for the other person or persons that I'm in the space with, what do I look like before And I'm not running into a meeting or an obligation immediately afterwards so that there's space to decompress, really get curious, process, maybe shake off trauma, (laughs) triggers, things that come up. And trying to think about the ways that whether it's in a workplace or in a family space, that's provided. It's harder sometimes in a family space if it's between an adult and a child or even in other grown-up relationships. But I try to do that. What's harder for me, but I'm learning about how to think about this, is around jargon. I mean, even in some of the examples I said, you know, debrief, decompress, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it can get really jargony because it feels a little bit easier (laughs) to to use this kind of more roundabout language sometimes or organizational kind of acronyms and jargon than just to say what really needs to be said because we just don't know how to get there because it's an emotional space that we're going into, even if it's in a, you know, structured organizational work environment. Yeah. And, you know, one of the words that I was kind of reflecting on use like unpack, right? And Mm -hmm. even unpack, (laughs) you know, it's not, we're obviously not unpacking, but 
There are lots Mm -hmm. of details in there, which we want to pull on, we might want to explore, we might need to, now that it is unpacked, put in a different place or think about Mm -hmm. it in a different way. And kind of the image that brought to mind as you were talking about that was, imagine if we unpacked our luggage just by like dumping it Mm. and what the impact would be versus taking the time to like put this here, put this here, this goes there, Mm got to clean that, you know, which is obviously what we would do if we had the luxury of time. But as you said, you know, I've had some managers (laughs) that have, you know, tipped the suitcase and run, (laughs) Um, which is really not taking the time to do it in a more effective manner or more spacious manner for the other person to really get it. Right, exactly. And I think that's interesting. The analogy does work with unpacking in many ways too, because I feel like I've done a lot of traveling here recently. Mm. And and I feel like I have a box or a laundry basket from like two months ago, maybe two years ago, that still has some of the last stuff that I traveled in. And so what's going to happen is that stuff the incident, the misunderstanding, the growth or whatever, if we're not careful, it's just going to get put into another container that's mm-hmm. not its place. And it's going to get moved and swept around. It's going to get dusty. It's going to get covered up with stuff. And then you're going to be confused when you find it all there again. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel frustrated and shame and judge yourself for not unpacking properly or blame your other person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of works that way too. When you think yeah. about what the container is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that connection that you're making to like where the feedback lives and where Mm -hmm. does it stay? As you're thinking about feedback, how do you start to define meaningful feedback? Yeah, I was thinking about this and the first framework that comes to mind that I go to is like Brene Brown's list around engaged feedback checklist, what that means, how to check in with when you're ready to give or receive feedback and what makes it meaningful. And then I think what makes it meaningful is often less of what's being said or somebody's point of view, or if you're correct, but really, hopefully, is that there's some kind of shared understanding that all parties involved in the process feel that they were able to share different points of view. And if not in that moment, that they have a pathway to come back around to it. But then always about meaningful feedback, aside from like delivery and things of that nature, is that in that moment, again, because it's very vulnerable, people feel like, even if there's disagreements or whatnot, that your innate human dignity is respected, no matter how hard it gets, that you still have place and value within the process, the organization, the event, whatever it is. I think that that's critically important and meaningful. You're always going to struggle with, you know, knowing whether or not you have a shared understanding of what just happened or what somebody's really saying. You know, you're often going to have those times that can happen that can make the feedback less clear, maybe still meaningful, but less clear. And I think that can be a, a struggle and it can get in the way of making and understanding happening. But, you know, when I think about the engaged checklist, it's really thinking about ownership, owning my part, you know, the other person hopefully owning or coming to understanding around theirs, you know, avoiding shame and blame and feeling like failure or being able to have an imbalance of power and being able to overly criticize somebody, you know, all those things undermine uh, meaningful feedback, I think. Yeah. And one of the things I think of with Brene's work is it sets the bar high, but is forgiving in the same way, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, remember to think about power, Mm -hmm. remember to think about engagement, remember to think about accountability and ownership, but also, you know, you're going to mess up. And that's okay. And you're going to need to try a second time. And that's okay. And I think that Mm -hmm. in that way, the way you're describing the feedback provided, how do we give it? It may have been not the outcome we were looking for, but what's behind the, all right, sure, 
maybe this didn't go the way that we wanted, or maybe this did go the way we wanted. And now what do we take from that going forward? Right. I think that in all of it, what's really important, what I hope is that I'm going to stay curious. And so that even in that process, if I'm initiating the feedback that's being given, that I'm also continuing to stay open and and maybe I'm receiving some feedback too, or insights, information about myself, things I didn't know, help me retell the story as I understand it, because there's multiple sides to any given experience, right? So Yeah. Could you provide an example of maybe either where you've seen meaningful feedback delivered or you've experienced it? Some instance where you knew, oh, okay, (laughs) that's what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, it's a good question. I think that I had an experience a bit more recently where I was having to give some feedback. And what was really powerful for me in that moment was also hearing the other person's process about what happened from their framework. And then also their being able to say, well, this is something I could have used from you in that moment, right? And it didn't feel blaming. It didn't feel defensive. It just felt like this was something I would have expected or looking back, I needed more of this. And I think that that created a really beneficial feedback loop that was really helpful. The other thing that going into that, I was thinking about that I explored was if we need a break. So trying to lay the groundwork of this is going to be tough. We have this much time set aside. We don't need to use all this time. We have more if we need, but also let's make sure that we check in with one another and we take breaks. I think that that's really important to do also, because if you are having to receive the feedback, if there's a power dynamic where somebody is more of a decision maker, your your livelihood, you're continuing on with the organization, it can feel like it's in their hands or it is in their hands. We don't always feel like we get the opportunity to walk away, to take a break, to go woosaw from something that can be seen as insubordinate, can be seen as out of line, which is kind of bonkers if you really think about it. A lot of times we need to walk away. It also gives us as the person maybe that's in that decision making or needing to give feedback, even though we might have supposedly more power in that situation to also be vulnerable or you know, not be seen as weak if we need to say, you know what, I need to kind of, I need to take a moment with this. I think that that's really powerful and important. I'm trying to think about ways to allow my children to do that more, (laughs) you know, rather than forcing them to hear my point of view until we get done with it or recognizing that when there's a pushback or a body language that's really shut down, that we literally just might need a break. Might need to go to the bathroom, might need to get some water, might just need to sit there in silence and and that not be seen as threatening or inappropriate. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, especially when I'm like running a group facilitation, folks' experience in a caregiving capacity reshapes how they think about leadership or how they think about leading teams, right? They can feel what demanding compliance is like and to expect, Mm -hmm. you know, how that appears and how that feels or inviting collaboration or let's figure this out together or let me teach you this. And for folks who have experienced that as the caregiver, as the one who's being cared for, it has a different relationship, of course, to being in a, you know, a work setting, but they know the feel 
around it. And so sometimes that comes up, obviously situationally appropriate, but I like that you're kind of exploring it from that frame of how does this maybe change? Okay, how could I do this? What skill am I going to use? How am I going to approach this so that we do have a collaborative relationship in this building, which happens to be our home, you know, or or the space in which we're operating. And, you know, as you were talking about describing an instance more specifically where good feedback was given, and I'm, I'm sorry, I kind of forgot, and then it came back through. I had a board member. We were having some drinks after the end of a conference, so very social part, you know, from learning conference, board member to executive director sitting there. And I, it wasn't tricky, but they just asked me questions. And then we got to a place where they were giving me feedback. And I was like, oh, you brought me here very gently, right? But it was about our board meetings, how they're going. And I was like, oh, you know, this and this and this. And then what happened, of course, was I asked them, well, what do you think? And then they were able to give me the feedback. So we ended up in this place and uh, knowing this person well, that was by design. Mm -hmm. So it was by design that it was comfortable, that it was safe. It wasn't a, can I give you some feedback? But it was, well, how do you think about this? So they were curious. They got me talking. And then, of course, I gave them the opportunity. I think they also would have found their opportunity to say, well, you know, from my point of view, here it is. And it was really good. And some of it was feedback about the organization. Some of it was just perspective sharing from being a new board member. Other aspects of it were literally about the structure of a board report, flow of meeting, tone, how I sound or feel. (laughs) Gave me new ways to see that it was undermining and getting in the way of what I was hoping uh, that space for board meetings felt. And I love that you were like in the moment realizing (laughs) like, oh, (laughs) I see what they're doing. (laughs) Again, not in a like manipulative Mm -hmm. way, but like, aha, like a little light bulb and it's safe enough to continue the conversation. Well, I'm curious, you know, you're in a leadership position, obviously, when you're thinking about feedback, how do you encourage or enable others to share feedback with each other? Yeah, I think between colleagues is something I'm still figuring out in this current space because we're a very small organization. In another role where I led an organization where I had a larger team of seven, there's, you know, because when it's just you and another person or you and two people can be small, can sometimes Mm be harder. You don't have the same people to process with the way that other people sometimes can give more space. But in that, one thing that can be hard is the consistency. What is the system for the check-in? Is it on this day? How, how do we show up fully? How do we stay consistent with what the meeting agenda is? Those kinds of team check-ins can be really important. And then I think another thing is, is if I'm hearing from a colleague that they're having a hard time with another person, where do you have agency to impact this change and provide this feedback or work on this relationship with them? Where do you feel you don't have agency, you feel disempowered, overwhelmed, scared, right? Where do you see I have the skills or the ability to support you in this? And where can I bring us all together or support you in communicating directly with the person, right? So sometimes we're doing work behind the scenes and in between and going and listening to that person and whatnot. I think it's important to try to not do too much of that sometimes because it can turn into back channeling, like as quickly as possible, get it direct to people. Again, for people listening, I have a lot of kids and I'm raising or working with children across generations. It's like, you need to go talk to your sister about that. You need to go talk directly to your sibling about Mm -hmm. that. Get them, get people to communicate with each other as quickly as possible. So similarly within our smaller group now, how I'm hoping that people feel they can give me feedback is that I try to share pretty often where I am feeling that I'm falling short, where I'm overwhelmed in something, where I need some help. So part of that is managing expectations, giving people clear lanes by which they can manage up to me, clear lanes by which they can get the deliverable 
tools they need that are contingent upon their success. At an emotional level, what I'm hoping it does is show that I could be a barrier to your success. I could get in the way of your success. I could get in the way of our success as an organization or us to completing this project. Just that I'm aware of that and to help people help me. So I'm hoping that that's what I do there and and allow others to do that as well. Because then maybe if I'm sitting and I'm like, why is this thing not getting done? But we're modeling the way to say, I'm feeling really underwater with this. I'm not sure where to start. I'm having some paralysis. I'm feeling really unmotivated. That those are okay things to say, because then we can get in and fix it and we can row the boat together. And I love that you're sharing about the, not just transparency from the business side, but on your own experience of what's going on and acknowledging mm-hmm. the both and that may be true in, again, the different contexts. I think that sometimes folks do the one and not the other, <laughs> or it, it may feel mm-hmm. risky to do the both together. But I, I appreciate that you're sharing that. For our last question in our time together, Amanda, can I offer you some feedback? <laughs> yes, please. So one of the things, and we've had the opportunity to work together or work Mm -hmm. alongside each other in a couple different contexts, but one of the things that I've been so appreciative of is I've seen you provide either to me or to others an incredible amount of patience and time to educate, to explain in a way that's detailed but not condescending or pushing, Mm. but not judging. And I think that that is a balance that sometimes people miss in how do I teach you this thing you don't know? And I am appreciating that you've had the bravery to ask, but I need to educate you on X, Y, or Z, Mm. which I'm sure you're doing a lot (laughs) during your day. But I find that it is a shift in encouraging the other person's participation in their own education. And I guess from the space that I think about it for me, I've viewed it as the shift maybe from ally to accomplice. And I know we maybe mm-hmm. not have used those words together, but it's a little bit more like, okay, now that I've taught you, what are you going to do about it? And again, not in a <laughs> aggressive, like, you know, I demand, it's more of an invitation, but with accountability. And I've found mm-hmm. that to be very kind of eye-opening and interesting and seeing myself or, or the others that I've witnessed you be around react to that invitation and the expectation, as you were trying to say. So I wanted to kind of acknowledge that and share my appreciation and gratitude for that, because I think it's something that really makes a difference in how you show up and communicate with others. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. I think I appreciate you giving me a mirror back into myself in that regard. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Amanda. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And thanks to you for joining us in another episode of Can I Offer You Some Feedback? You can reach me at podcast at ma.network. We would love to hear from you and your thoughts and feedback or any other perspectives you'd like to hear from next. As always, give us a quick rating on your platform of choice and share this podcast with a friend. And I'm hoping that tomorrow you take a chance and offer some feedback when it's needed most. Can I Offer You Some Feedback is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, hosted by me, Sara Esmail Beggy Bartlett. Our production team includes Nigel Galladay and Gray Longfellow. We'll see you next time. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. 
If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.